All right, here we go for March 25th. It's been just a hell of a week. Had some crazy stuff happen on Friday night. All right, let's get into it. You guys aren't going to believe this one. But everything worked out. At least I think it did. So let's get on with the show. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, just to give you an update of what happened this week. It's been a pretty wild week. We've been hauling a lot of freight. There's not been much traffic out there this week. A lot of people have been staying home. A lot of places have been closed. A lot of rest areas have been closed, too, but they just started opening them up. Up in Nebraska, they had a bunch of them closed. I think what they were doing is they closed a few of them so they can concentrate on cleaning the ones that were open. And I can understand that. But when you're used to the rest area being there and then you got to go and it's not there anymore, it's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? So that's been going on. The truck stops have been pretty good. They've changed some of their policies. Like you can't refill your cup and things like that. And they got to do it for you. Uh, you know, they'll fill up a cup for you. Then you can pour it into your container. I use a hydro flask. It keeps things cold for 24 hours. So that's what I want to do there. But, you know, really what it comes down to is things have changed. But the truck stops are open. The FMCSA has declared them essential and that, you know, let's face it, we can't do anything with the trucks. We deliver the freight. We can't do anything without the truck stops. We need these people. And quite honestly, I've been going to a lot of loves lately. And I must admit, loves have been pretty good about keeping things clean to begin with. They're really kicking tail on this one. I mean, they're in there just, the place is spotless. The bathrooms are clean. You know, they're doing a great job, and they're working with what they got. And quite honestly, I've seen some people get a little upset over some of the inconvenience. But with what I've been going through and, you know, the hardships we're in, they have no choice. I say thumbs up. So my suggestion, drivers, if you're out there and you're at one of the truck stops and you see the guy cleaning, you know, the actual guy cleaning, say thank you. You know, it's a thankless job. It's it's hard. You know, it can be a little overwhelming at times because, you know, people leave messes and, you know, just tell the guy, hey, thanks. You know, thanks for, you know, thanks for cleaning the bathroom for me because without those guys cleaning the bathroom the way that they clean them, we absolutely would have nowhere to go. What would we do? What are you going to do? Just step on the side of the road? You know, I mean, it's happened, but let's not get into that. But, you know, just think the guy who's cleaning the bathroom if you can. You know, it might go a long way, and without those guys, we wouldn't have a place to go, and that's all we got. Now we're running. Now, if you're not a driver, and you're in your four-wheel drive, you know, you're in your car, uh, four-wheeler, best thing to do is just stay home. There's no point in going out. There's nothing to do. Everything's closed anyway. Now, that being said, I came home from Milwaukee, Chicago to Milwaukee in my car, and I got home, like, lickety-split, because there was absolutely no traffic. 
normally there's a lot of traffic went from bloomington california up the 15 to the 40 normally there's a lot of traffic there friday night people going to vegas no traffic whatsoever nobody's going to vegas it's completely empty so our world has changed in quite a bit it makes it a little bit easier for us to get there i'm wondering you know most car truck accidents 70 percent of the car accidents are caused by trucks or sorry cars i'm sorry cars uh cars cause the accidents so i'm wondering with less cars out there is the car truck accident rate going to go down and truck accidents period going to go down i think it is it'll be interesting to find out how that works out but uh, let's worry about that later that being said if you are out there and not all of us have medical supplies or foodstuffs you know we might have machinery or parts or who knows what we have like for me on friday night i had uh, hand sanitizer going from chicago to california like eight thousand pounds of it and a bunch of other stuff so people want that stuff it was going to a walmart so my suggestion is you know if you see a truck get out of the way give them give them the space get out of their way these guys you know obviously they're at work but they're trying to make the delivery they're trying to get that stuff there on time and they're trying you know as soon as it gets there you know people are just buying this stuff up like crazy so just you know get out of the way of the trucks give them the space you know don't tailgate us oh god please don't tailgate us and just give us the space we need let us do what we gotta do uh this month i'm asking you just get out of the way next month you can start flipping us off again but you know give us some space this month you know just through april so we can get this stuff there on time once the stores or shelves or once the uh shelves are uh stocked up again you know then you all you four-wheelers can go back to flipping us off and telling us how bad we are and stuff like that but until it just get out of our way yeah and i don't mean that to be callous it's just that right now the stores need to be stocked people need their stuff people need you know babies need their formula babies need their diapers uh you know foodstuffs whatever it may be I was at the grocery store today, and there was absolutely no yeast. Went to three stores, and there was no yeast. I wanted, I want to make bread. I got the flour. I got some yeast, but I want to make flour. I want to make uh, bread. I went online to Amazon. It was like it was like thirty bucks for a pound of yeast. Give me a break. I'm not paying thirty bucks for a pound of yeast. It was like I don't know, like three or four bucks last week. So we'll just wait until things calm down. Things will calm down. We will get back to normal. We will survive this that being said let's talk about friday friday was different friday was unique friday was challenging friday was something that i hope that ever happens again but i has happened before here's what happened on friday i was headed on i-40 westbound in california and of course there wasn't much traffic out except a bunch of trucks and apparently there was a uh, flatbed stopped up ahead. He, the guy in a flatbed said the traffic was stopped. Honestly, I didn't see it, so I can't say. I was getting ready to go around the truck that was around in front of me, which was behind a flatbed. And just before I was about to make my move to go to the left lane, the truck that was in front of me plowed into the flatbed, and the flatbed was stopped. And he must have hit that thing at about 59, 60 and truck number one which was a flatbed had steel coils and he was probably pushing eighty thousand pounds and he didn't have a headache rack and he didn't have he didn't chain that thing down now i'm not sure how that works with flatbeds somebody can call in you know let me know how that works but 
on the um oh I did the ums on the flatbed he got shoved to the side and one of the coils ended up halfway into a sleeper which busted out the back door in because he didn't have the headache rack the rack that stops stuff from going through I thought that was illegal I didn't think you could haul stuff like that like I said I'm not sure how that works I'm gonna have to look it up if anybody knows like I said call me uh, 414-666-1926 let me know how that works because I'm not a flatbedder. I really don't know the ins and outs of that rule. I'm a doubles guy. I'm an LTL guy. I'm a sleeper guy, but I'm not a flatbed driver. All right. That being said, uh, and I thought chains too. So anyway, all the coils busted loose. They ripped through those straps that he had like tissue. They were all over the place. Well, truck number two was fully Gatorade. Yeah, Gatorade. Now, truck number two was fully loaded with Gatorade truck number basically what that means is it's water water's heavy he was probably pushing eighty thousand, maybe even more quite honestly because he was loaded floor to ceiling as far as i could tell uh it's kind of hard to tell because this stuff was all over the highway interstate 40 between barstow and needles in california i mean it was literally everywhere so this literally happened right in front of me you know and i was i was like oh my god now, my response to that was my co-driver's sleeping, but he's got the net going on. So my response to that was, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, which is basically what I said. And I said it really loud so my co-driver would know there was something going on. He grabbed onto the net. I don't have time to explain to him what's going on, and he knows that. And he couldn't process it anyway because he was just waking up. And I couldn't take my hands off the wheel, so I couldn't hit the horn, which is what I probably would have done if I had more time. Because I slammed on the brakes. And I slammed on the brakes really, really hard. When I say I slammed on the brakes hard, I mean I had my left foot on that brake before my right foot was off the, off the throttle. And I had both feet on that brake. And I was braking all the way up to the point where I got up to this mess. And when they collided, they went off to the left, spread themselves both across the interstate, blocking it on either side. Uh, on the you know, truck one was over on the shoulder on the right side, and in the middle. And then truck number, or sorry, truck one was on the left side, and truck one was on the right side. And they were both extending onto the shoulders into the desert. So there's no way to get around this thing. So I needed to stop. I literally needed to stop. And by the time I came to a stop, I was about 20 feet away from where they had collided and where they were all over the road. The steel coils landed all around truck number two. And on the, on the driver's side, he was completely surrounded. Truck one, that guy got out of his truck. He was a little dazed, but everything was okay. And like I said, I've seen these before, but they always freak me out. So... I, I come to a stop, I set the brakes, I jump out of the truck, I grab my gloves, always grab your gloves, because if you have your gloves, gloves you can, you know, you can tear windows apart, you can, you can, you know, you can do things, uh, if you don't have your gloves, you can't do anything, really, you know, you hurt yourself, or whatever, and then I always grab the fire extinguisher, why do I grab the fire extinguisher, uh, uh, things are hot, you know, oil, uh, transmission fluid, uh, diesel. Diesel is very unlikely to light up. It, it's you know it doesn't light up very easy, but transmission fluid could, and some of the other things could. So, 
uh, plastics that are in there could melt and burn. Grab the fire extinguisher. Also, the fire extinguisher is a great tool for bashing things in. Uh, you can break windows with it. You can pound things down with it. You know, you can swing it over your head and just, you know, bend something back if you have to. I've done all these things. 25 years of driving. I drive mostly nights. I see a lot of accidents. Or I see more than I would like to. I see probably two or three a year. And one every three or four years is very serious. This one was very serious. So, guy in truck number one, he hops out, and I yell to him, and I'm yelling, and I'm, I don't, I'm not very polite, but I yelled, hey, are you okay? And the guy gave me a funny look, and I said, I need to know, are you fucking okay? You know, I, the reason why I cursed was because I was trying to be dramatic, I'm trying to get his attention, and I'm, you know, that's why I'm being really obnoxious. And he gives me the sign back that he's okay, and he's, all right, I'm like, all right, I'm going to move on to truck number two. So I go on to truck number two. And I can't see in because the window's shattered, and I had to yell across these coils, which are, I don't know, maybe five, six feet wide. You know, they're, they, they're all over the place. And uh, I said, hey, anybody in there? Are you okay? And the first thing I hear back is, and the guy, he's a Hispanic guy, and he's got a Hispanic accent. And uh, he goes, uh, yes, I'm, I'm here. And I'm like, you know, he's not real loud because he's obviously just went through some drama. And I said, uh, okay, okay, I'm here, buddy. I'm here. Yeah, there's someone here. And he goes, I think I'm going to quit driving the truck. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I thought, okay, this guy's, you know, he's okay. He's going to be all right. At least he knows, you know, maybe he will, maybe he won't quit driving the truck. I don't know. But at least he's, you know, he can think, right? And, and he's processing things. So I'm like, okay, okay. Now, while this is going on, my co-driver, little Billy's getting awake. And he, because he, he got slammed against the netting when I hit the brakes. Now, keep in mind, my truck was not involved in this accident whatsoever. I just came up on it. Now, where I stopped at, when those guys hit, they gouged out the, the right lane, the pavement, about six inches deep, about four foot long. And not the whole thing was six, but, you know, it was six inches deep at some spots and about three or four in some others. But it was about four or five feet long. My landing gear was over the top of where they connected. So I was about 20, 25 feet away from where they were the closest. And yet I went about 10 to 15 feet, probably 15 feet past where they initially hit. So if their momentum hadn't carried them a little farther, I would have been involved with this myself. I was practicing safe following distance. I was, um, you know, using the Smith system. I did everything perfectly, but I still would have hit them if they would have stopped right where they hit. Also, my co-driver was using the netting in the bunk. If he hadn't used the netting in the bunk, this is important. If he hadn't used the netting in the bunk, I would have thrown him through the floor and possibly through the window. I had no choice. I had to slam on the brakes. It's not something I wanted to do, but I had to do it. And the anti-lock braking system really helped me out. Uh, it worked perfectly. It's not always the case, but in this one it did. I really had a lot of things going for me because I was fixing to pass those two guys, and I didn't make that move. If I would have passed them, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, I'd have to have... Uh, you know, well, who knows? You know, you'd be listening to uh, CDL, talk CDL, and, and hopefully Troy would be telling you this story, and he'd be telling you what a great guy it was. That's, 
you know, or one of the other guys, you know, I would be a story, not telling the story. This, I swear this really happened. So I ran to the other side of the truck so I could get closer because I can't get anywhere near this thing. And the guy's still talking. I said, hey, I'm here. I'm the only one there because we're right there. I'm going to run to the other side. So I run to the other side of the truck with a fire extinguisher. There's Gatorade everywhere. I had to, like, I was tripping over this stuff. It was so much Gatorade, like 40, like, it was well over 40,000 pounds of Gatorade, which is just really obnoxious. And no, I did not take any Gatorade. No, we don't do that. That's not something you do. So anyway, that happened. So... I get to the other side. Now, my co-driver, he's pretty fast. And he's a little wiry guy, a little Billy. He's fast and wiry. He jumps out. He jumps up on a flatbed, which is still connected to the second truck, runs up, and he gets right up in the in the window, right? Because that's where the guy is closest because the window of the truck is crashed down and the steering column's up in the guy's chest and he's kind of in a weird position. So Billy gets up right next to his face and he keeps talking to him. And he talks to him for close to two hours, and he keeps him calm. And at one point, he even got him laughing, which I couldn't believe, which totally blew me away. I was talking to him in the very beginning, and, you know, just to let him know I was there, and I was keeping him calm. But once Bill got up there, he did such a fantastic job. Oh, my God. I've had some co-drivers before and you know in a, that have done great jobs, but this guy was just... He just really kept this guy calm, kept him talking, kept him, you know, just started talking, anything, just kept him going. You know, the guy never went into shock. It was just amazing. Now, what I did was I ran over to the passenger side, and I was watching for fire. Now, the whole, the, the truck engine, the whole compartment was bashed in towards that way. Both steer tires were right next to each other. The engine was upside down. And underneath the cab, there was stuff everywhere. So I was mostly concerned about fire. A lot of times what I like to do, and, and sadly this has happened often, is turn the key off because you want to get that electrical. You want to stop that electrical from flowing because that could cause a spark. Anything that could cause a spark. So, But I couldn't get to the key. There's no way. It was too too mangled in this mess. I mean, this, this thing was just mangled. It was a mess. So... I'm over in the pasture side. I got the I got the fire extinguisher. I'm trying to to keep this thing, you know, you know, because you can stop a fire, but once it gets going, that's it. There's nothing you can do. You can't put it on once it gets going. So I want to stop this thing, and I'm the only one there. You know, people haven't showed up yet. So I, now that Bill's up there and he's talking to the guy, I can concentrate and keep an eye on the truck and keep an eye underneath the truck. Now. Bill yells over to me, the guy needs some air. He's having a hard time breathing. It's getting a little hot in there for him. So I take the fire extinguisher and I bust out the little window down below. Thinking that I'm going to be able to unlock the door because the door was locked. No, I couldn't do it. It was too much stuff. All the stuff from his sleeper flew forward was on the floor and it was blocking me from getting my arm in there. So I took um, a little, I took a little bar I found on the ground. And I used it, and I shoved it right through the wind, the passenger side windshield, and, you know, the window, and I just I busted right through. Of course, we told the guy, you know, hey, cover your eyes, cover your eyes, everybody cover your eyes. And I busted that through, and then I got the door open. All this stuff came flying out. It was his papers. I don't know what's important to him, what isn't important. There was another guy there. I told him to pick them all up and, you know, set them aside, because who knows what's important. You know, I was certainly not going to ask the guy behind the wheel. 
So we got the door open, and we did not move him because the steering column was up by his chest, pinned him back, and the visor was, like, shoved into his neck because the whole thing was shoved down. The whole cab was broken up. wasn't much left of this truck. Well, the reason why we don't want to move him is we don't know. You know, does he have... Well, first off, there's no fire, so we don't have to move him. He's not bleeding, so we don't have to move him. He had a little blood, but it had stopped. Almost like a, I don't know what you call it, but we don't have to. We don't have to move him. That's the important thing because maybe he's got internal injuries, maybe whatever. So the crew, you know, the cop gets there. Oh, thank God, the cop got there, and he's like, "Hey, well, you know, what's going on? What's going on?" And so I give him the rundown, all the stuff I basically just told you guys, and he's okay. I got the crews coming; they're going to be here. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, my partner's going to be here in a few minutes, and we'll. You know, just stay with, just keep doing what you're doing and we'll chase everybody off. Well, while this is going on, some idiot, uh, in a, well, first off, let me, let me, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, the Caltrans supervisor was on his way home. You know, the guy, you know, California transportation, he'd tear the car in case of the highway. He was the supervisor. He comes over, he goes like, okay, I'll be back. I'm going to get the crew. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get back here. So he takes off to go get his stuff. You know, whatever it is he needs. And, you know, he races off to Barstow and he's hauling ass. And it's like, okay, good. We got the road guys. Okay, they're here. The cops are here. Boom. Now we're just waiting for everybody else. Well, some idiot in a van starts, goes around the back of the, the, on the shoulder. And he starts driving across this mess. And he's running across all these Gatorade bottles. And the tops are flying like 10, 15 feet off. And the cop just goes ballistic on this guy and starts yelling at him. And rightfully so. I couldn't believe it. Here's an accident scene. This guy's like mortally injured possibly. And, you know, this this may be a fatality. And it wasn't, thank God. But, you know, why would you, you... Don't drive through an accident scene. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen anybody do. I couldn't believe it. In all my years of driving, I've never seen anybody do that. I was totally blown away by this. You know, it was just shocking. And I think the cop was a little shocked too. Shocked too. The you know the and by the way the cop is I uh, was his name Ferguson, that guy was awesome. He got there, you could tell he was a little, you know, he was a little stressed out because this was a really bad accident, and you know, but this guy was just top notch, just top notch. I mean, he took charge, he handled it, he told us what to do, and you know, basically, which is what we were already doing, but. He was just, you know, he kept us informed, told us what was going on, told us what to expect, and told us what we were going to be doing. And, you know, it was, I just thought the guy was phenomenal. And then his supervisor got there, you know, took over and uh, eventually, but I thought the first guy was just amazing. I thought he just did a great job. You know, it was, it was California Highway Patrol. You know, whatever training you guys gave these guys that day. Everybody, every crew that was there was just, they were perfect, okay? They were literally perfect. I guess these guys, you know, between Needles and Barstow is where they came from. These crews all worked together, and I just thought, wow, if I ever have a wreck, if I knew these guys were coming, I would be really, it would, you know, you know, it would be kind of comforting, you know, to say the least. But anyway, so, you know, after uh, the cop gets there, you know, Billy's on top of the cab of the truck and he's standing on the frame and it's not easy where he's at. He stood up there for two hours talking to this guy. You know, I'd have to say Billy was 
Yeah, little Billy. I'd give him. I'd say big time hero. Yeah, he he refuses to to think that he did, but I you know I know what he did, and he climbed. He stayed up there with that guy, and the way he, and it wasn't easy, and it was just phenomenal. And because he did what he did, I could do what I could do, which was watch for the fire, which is kind of important. At least I thought it was. So anyway, that goes on. Then a couple of guys, you know, come running up, and. You know, the, the one guy's wearing hospital scrubs. I'm like, where the hell did she come from? And he goes, I'm a trauma room nurse. 31 years. What do you got? I go, right here, man. Whatever, whatever you need. I'll do whatever you need. And he goes, I need some gloves. And I go, I got work gloves. They they're, might be a little greasy. That's all I got. And he goes, I'll take them. Because he's got to climb in this truck. And he's there's a lot of glass everywhere. So I give him uh, my gloves. And I go get my extra pair for myself. Now, I still got the fire extinguisher set up there in case I need it. Luckily, we didn't need it. He gets in there, accesses the situation. Says that the visor is cutting across this guy's artery. You know, in his neck. It's just, And he thinks that it might have punctured his neck. And then if we move him, it's gonna he's going to bleed out. Okay, they found out that that wasn't the case. But at the time, they were concerned about it. So they didn't want to move him. But having... The uh, uh, trauma room nurse there was just like, oh, thank you so much. You know, it was like, I just looked up in the heavens and I was like, thank you for sending these people that actually know what they're doing. As a driver, I'm you know, I'm pretty good at talking to people. I can keep people calm. I'm pretty good at, you know, I keep the fires down, whatever. I can do basic first aid. But the truth is, that's all I know how to do. You know, I really don't know, you know, and these guys are professionals. They know exactly what to do. They know what they're looking at, and they're just, oh, it was just so good to have those people there. I couldn't believe it. It was just so amazing. It was such a relief to have them there. It was still a lot of tension, but just the idea of knowing that somebody was there that knew what they were doing medically was just so comforting, and it was amazing. Well, they had Bill keep keep talking to the guy because he was doing such a good job, and so I just, you know, all I had to do was watch out for fire, so... You know, and keep people away. So that's all I did. Then the cops were doing their thing, you know, running around, measuring, whatever. Then the fire crew got there, and they took over, and I put my fire extinguisher back because now the big, you know, the, you know, the the real guys are on call. You know, not, not the, not the ones playing firemen like me, but the real guys, which is just oh, it was so comforting. You know, and they got the right equipment. Okay, so they got that going. Then an ambulance showed up. The ambulance when he drove across those Gatorade bottles, oh my goodness! You should have seen that. Those cop, those taps are flying all over the place. So the firemen they uh, they let Billy up there, you know, talking, and then the firemen jumped up on the cab. They surrounded the truck. They got with the with the EMTs and the nurses, and they came up with a solution. They figured out that he that he wasn't his artery wasn't uh, punctured, and so they figured out how to extract him with the least possible damage. And watching these guys work was just amazing. And then, you know, they, they said, hey, this, you know, he's pretty bad. We're going to bring a helicopter. So they brought the helicopter in. They landed on the interstate. And then the EMTs from the helicopter ran over and they're like, hey, what do you want us to do? And then, you know, the firemen told them what they wanted. And they, then they worked and they got the guy out. And they put him on the helicopter. And then they flew him over to Lake Havasu. Now, but here's the thing that struck me the most. We were in, we got there and we took over. Okay. 
and we did what we could do. We know we're not that that's not what we do, but we do our best because nobody dies on our watch. That's the way me and my co-driver are. Nobody dies on our watch. We care about other drivers. You know, we may fight, we may bicker, but nobody dies on our watch. Nobody burns up. We're gonna get you out. If there's an accident, we're going down the, the shoulder. We're going down the pit. Nobody dies on our watch. That's just the way it is. Nobody dies on our watch. And that's the way this team is. And that's the, you know, me and my co-driver, that's the way we both are, and that's the way it's gonna stay. So, we get there, we do our thing, which, you know, wasn't that long, it seemed like it was forever. The cop gets there, okay, boom. Now we don't have to take charge anymore, the cop can take charge. He knows what he's doing, this is what he's trained for. All right, so he does a great job. Then, you know, the nurse gets there. He knows more medically than the cop does, so the cop immediately defers to him. What do you need? I'll keep people away, I'll run, whatever you tell me. Okay, now the nurse is in charge. Then the EMTs, and the ambulance get there, boom, they take over from the nurse because they got more experience with road trauma stuff. Boom. It was a very natural handoff of power. It was amazing to watch. Then they decided they need to get the they get them out and all that. So the firemen took over because they're the you know, the extraction experts. You know, and it's watching all these guys. And then the helicopter landed, the helicopter crew. And they did their thing, and they're like, okay, what do you want us to do until whatever? And then when they got them out, the helicopter crew was waiting. And then as soon as they got them on the gurney, the helicopter crew took over, and then they took them, and they got him out. And it was just watching this natural progression, no hassles, no ego. It was a really beautiful thing. You know, I, I hope I never see it again. I'm sure I will. But it, this crew, these people from, from Niels and Barstow, were just amazing. Then the heavy crew, the heavy haul crew, the who was Barstow towing, they showed up with a big, huge wrecker, and you know they helped out get the guy out. And they're they, you know, they say, "Hey, what do you want us to do?" So they did what they did, and then as soon as they got the guy out, then they started working on a wreck. And then you know it was now they're in charge because this is what they do. This is what they're an expert on. And everybody, were, you know, the cops deferred to them, and they worked together. It was it was. I don't know how to say it. It was, uh, it was, it was just a beautiful thing to watch. You know this, this team. I mean, these guys were so in sync, and it was two communities, Needles and Barstow. Because between Barstow and Needles, it's like I don't know, uh, a couple hundred miles. I can't remember what the distance is, but it's quite a ways. And these guys were all calling each other by their first name. You know, they were doing this thing, and it was just, a, it was just beautiful to watch. I give credit to the to the crews that came out of Needles, and uh, I give credit to the crews that came out of Barstow and the California Highway Patrol. I just can't get over how amazing these guys work together. It was just, it was just awesome to watch. I mean, it was really just amazing. I really just can't, uh, you know, give them enough praise. And these guys, if you did it, they'd be like, "Oh no, it's just our job." Well, your job saves people's lives, and you guys are great at it. So. So we had a, you know, we had the fire crew, we had the cops, we had the, uh, you know, the EMTs, we had the trauma room nurses that were there going to work. You know, he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to be late. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're going to be late, but I'm glad you're here, buddy. The trauma room nurse, he was really excellent. Then there was an EMT that was also there, except that EMT, uh, he was a young guy. He was, he was going from Oklahoma to California for a job, 
and he had some of his equipment in the back of the car. And as soon as he heard there was something going on up ahead, he came running up with a bag and he started, you know, started, you know, adding assistance. And it was just, it was, these guys were just amazing. People do this kind of work and they just, it takes a special kind of individual. Now, originally when I first walked up to this mess, you know, this truck was pretty bashed up. My first thought was, oh no, I don't want to, I don't want to see this. Yeah, I can't, I just can't do this, you know. But you don't have a choice. Well, I guess you do have a choice. But I'm the only one there. Because this happened right in front of me. And I got to go see what's going on. I got to make sure this guy's okay. And if he's okay, if he's alive, I got to do everything I can. And luckily, everything worked out for the best. You know, and they flew him away now. His wife, you know, little Billy called his wife and told him what hospital he was going to go to. And she went there. And so she called him the next day and, you know, thanked him and all that stuff. And, you know, and so uh, we found out that he's doing okay. Uh, I think his name was Gilberto. He's going to do all right. It's just he's going to have some rough days ahead of him. But he's, you know, he's alive. And nobody died in this accident, which is just amazing. You know, I just, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't want to say speechless, but I'm just uh, in awe of how everything went down. We were there for four hours. Uh, they let us go and then closed the road right behind after we went because we were so close to the scene. They had to, you know, fix the roadway, I guess. And so we were allowed to go because we were so close. And I'm set of doubles. I can't back up. Couldn't back up anyway. There's so much traffic. Now, after all this was said and done, I was pretty wired, let me tell you. Because uh, it was, you know, I don't, I'm not used to slamming on my brakes like that. That's not something that I do very often. Because I literally went straight from the throttle to the brake, which is something I never do. Uh, I have a theory that if you go from the brake to the throttle, the throttle to the brake right away, you know, something's wrong. Especially with big trucks. Big trucks will slow itself down. You don't really need a brake that much. It'll do it, you know, on flat ground. It'll definitely do it on its own if you plan ahead. It's all about planning ahead. So there's an in-camera, you know, video thing. I, I asked for a copy. I'm trying to get a copy. But anyway, there's an in-camera system in the thing. And if you hit too hard, turn too hard, you, know, you do something, it sends an alert to the safety department, and it records like eight seconds before, and I forget how long afterwards. So what happened was, you know, I called the safety department you know, right away. Because I want to copy that. I want to see what I did. I'm not even really sure, you know, how close it was. It was. I couldn't even tell you how far away I was when I started breaking. It was, it was probably like maybe 10, 15 seconds behind him. It's hard to say. Not really sure. But anyway, so I called Nate. It's Nate. I called Nate. Hey, man. I said, uh, hey, Nate. He goes, hey, Kingfish, what's up? And he goes, uh, or no, what did he say? His exact words were, oh, I got it. Because I just said, hey, Nate. And he goes, hey, I got it. I go, what do you got? What are you talking about? He goes, oh, he goes, you set off a lot of alarms this morning or this this evening. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, man, when you when you hit when you slammed on the brakes like that, you set alarms across the system and it alerted me right away. And I went and checked it out. He go and I go, oh, oh, was it? How was it? Because I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure exactly because it was in the moment. It was, you know. But I want to self evaluate myself because. I've been doing this 25 years. I know my reflexes aren't nearly as fast as they used to be. There's no way they could be, you know. 
I think I'm a little smarter with with eyeballing traffic, but I'm not. You know, my reflexes definitely aren't as good as they were when I was in my twenties. So that being said, he goes, uh, "Oh, it was it was perfect." And I go, "What? What?" The safety guy is usually in the alley, but it, I mean, this is a good safety guy. And he says, "No." He goes, "Your following distance was good. Your speed was good." He goes, "You know, you were able to stop before you hit him." He goes, "Even if you would have hit him, you know, there's nothing you could have done." And I said, "Okay, thanks." I said, "But I still want to see it because I want to see." You know, exactly when I hit the brake versus when it happened, which was, you know, just about perfect. Uh, it was like, you know, who got the first, you know, was it an out or was, or did they get runner get to first? It was one of those kind of things. You know, that's how it looked. You couldn't tell if I hit the brake first or if they collided first. It was so close, which, you know, my fifties now. So that made me kind of, you know, I kind of like that. The fact that I was able to react as fast as I did. And, uh, you know, it's just bizarre. So anyway, Nate says, uh, he goes, uh, you know, I'm going to, I think I'm going to use this one for a training aid from now. And he goes, I don't have anything. He goes, this perfectly, you know, shows that you can still do everything perfectly and still almost get into an accident. And he goes, and I wanted, you know, I want to use that to show people. And I, he goes, but what you did was perfect. I was like, okay, thanks. So, you know, what else are you going to do? So it, it, here's the thing. And this is what I got from, because I, I had him re rewind it and play it back, like, I don't know, maybe 10 times. He was pretty nice about it. And, you know, I wasn't looking at it because I wanted to see the actual wreck. Because I, I see the actual wreck on my side of my head. I wanted to see it with the with the metric. I wanted to see when I hit the brakes, how much I hit the brakes. I wanted to see all that kind of stuff because it would. I want to learn from this. You know, because I if I'm going to have the burden of having to see this stuff and deal with it, then I'm going to learn from it since I got to deal with it and process it anyway. And I want to do it the right way. So it was kind of nice to sit down with him and, uh, you know, he was explaining, you know, all the numbers to me and what we were looking at and, you know, that helped me. And, and I think it helped that our safety guy is a, he's a driver, you know, he used to be a driver and he's a safety guy. So he knows exactly what I'm thinking you know, what I'm going for here. And, and that was really nice. So I really liked that. So anyway, I looked at the thing like, I don't know, like 10, 15 times or whatever it was. I didn't play it back in slow motion because I was analyzing it for my own self. Because you can always, here, I got a theory about this. You can always do things better. You know, maybe you can see things better. You can always do things better. There is no best way to do things. You can always do things better. And I wanted to see what I could have done better. And what could I have done better? Well, I don't know in this particular case. But I didn't have the cruise control on, which is good. Um, I did I did forget to check one thing. I wanted to check to see if I had had the engine brake on. Now, I was in California on flat ground, so I normally wouldn't have it on. But if I would have had it on, that would have helped stop me a little quicker. Not a lot quicker on a flat ground, but a little bit. And I think, you know, that would have been, that would have been good to have. So I got to reevaluate that. I don't know. Still haven't processed the whole thing yet, but that's what happened. That's what happened Friday night. A load of Gatorade ran into a load of coils and they both weighed close to 40,000 pounds or 80,000 pounds each total. 
you know, truck and trailer and, and freight. And both men lived. And that's awesome. And that was my Friday night. That's what I spent Friday night doing. Making sure that a driver didn't get, you know, you know, that he got out safe. And like I said, we didn't remove him. We did not remove him from the vehicle because that would have, you know, who knows what a damage that did. But we kept him calm. We made sure a fire didn't start. And, you know, we kept people away. And I think that that's important. It may not be perfect. And it may not, you know, we don't know medical stuff. But we kept him from going into shock. And I was really happy because I've been driving with Billy for a couple of years now. And... If you get a good co-driver, oh my goodness, it could be golden. If you get a bad one, it, it's miserable. And I'm not saying we don't get on each other's nerves. Because there's plenty of times where I get on his nerves and there's plenty of times where he gets on my nerves. Because it's a small space where two men in the truck and teaming is very hard. But that being said, we worked long enough together to where we worked pretty much, you know, we worked this perfectly. And... And this guy is going to live. Now, is he going to live because of what we did? Oh, I'm, he probably would have lived anyway. But did he go through a little less turmoil, a little less stress because we were there and we were entering aid? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think we helped him out. We kept him from going into shock and, you know, we kept him calm and, you know, we made sure. And there was no fire, by the way. But you never know. You never know. Uh, I must admit, I had uh, I enjoyed breaking out the windshield. That's not the first time I've done that with a with a fire extinguisher. Probably done that like one, two, three, three or four times now. I broke out windshields with a fire extinguisher. You uh, you hit it with the butt of the fire extinguisher and you hit it at an angle, and the curve just goes right through. It doesn't take much. You know, it's something to remember. Also, it's good to have a knife on you so you can cut the seatbelt if you have to. I've done that too. Uh, in my career, I think I've responded to where I saved seven people. And but this is 25 years. And keep in mind, I drive the night shift. And once I was inside a tornado. You know, those are the big traumatic things that I can think of. Being inside a tornado in Nebraska. I'm not sure what year that was. But that was pretty dramatic. It scared the hell out of me. So anyway, that's what's going on. That was my week. It was a little stressful. I'm talking about it here, not so much to brag about it, but just to, I mean, I guess I'm trying to, I'm talking it out and I'm just trying to get it off because I'm still a little wired about the whole thing because, you know, these things can happen at any time, especially guys who drive the night because people get tired. And if you're a driver, you can't pay, you know, you have to pay attention. Now, the first guy said that there was traffic stopped in front of him, but I didn't see that. So I can't say anything about that. The second driver told the police officer that he was texting and he looked down. And then when he looked up, that's when he hit the guy. And I was like, oh, no, he was texting. Oh, my God. So, you know, and this is out in the desert. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of visibility. You know, uh, don't text and drive drivers. You know, I mean, if, you know, if you know, just, you know, I know some people are going to do it anyway. And if you're going to do it, just really be careful. I mean, you know, keep your one eye on the road or look up occasionally, like quite often, you know, uh, 
if you're on a you know one of these new smartphones you can ask it to read the text to you if that's what you're doing you know do something like that because you know it was uh you know this guy lost his truck he almost lost his life he's probably going to be messed up for quite a while and you know and the guy in the first truck he he was walking around he was fine I was talking to him a little bit afterwards and he seemed okay. But he was a little dazed and, you know, it's just, I don't know, just some scary stuff. And, you know, that being said, if you're, neither one of these guys was a sleeper driver. So there was only one guy in each truck. So that was really good. You know, that was really important because if there would have been somebody in a sleeper on either one of these trucks, there would have been some serious issues. But, you know, here's, you know, here's another thing. If you're going to, I just drank some water. If you're going to be a sleeper driver, you know, you want to try to drive as smooth as you can, wear the bunk restraints. If my co-driver wasn't wearing the bunk restraints, you know, they just go over the top of you. It's not like you're sleeping. It's just to catch you a seatbelt while you're sleeping, basically. Uh, he would have landed on the floor. You know, possibly worse. Um, you know, use the bunker straights. Uh, don't have too much stuff laying around. Uh, we don't have a lot of stuff laying around. We keep everything in the bags. You know, whatever we take out of our bag, put back in our gym bags, whatever. Uh, if there's a bunch of loose stuff, it would have went flying all over the place. We didn't have anything like that happen because we don't have a bunch of loose stuff going all over the place. If, you know, you flip a truck, God forbid, you don't want to lose stuff on the dash because a lot of that loose stuff is going to fly around. It's going to be a projectile. So the best thing you can do is just not have a bunch of loose items all over the truck. You know, keep everything secured. Keep it battened down because things are going to fly all over the place. You know, make sure your fire extinguisher is up to, you know, up to speed. It's, you know, which is a DOT. It's part of your pre-trip. Make sure, um... You know, you know your equipment. Make sure you got your gloves handy. You got them in your door. Don't approach an accident scene without your gloves because you're going to need them. And be prepared. Be prepared for anything. When I went up to the guy's truck, I didn't know if he was going to be alive. I didn't know what I was going to see. And I can tell you right now, I didn't want to see anything bad. But I got lucky. You know, he got lucky, I should say. Because for me, it was just being squeamish for him. This is life. You know, anything can happen out there. You know, you're a driver and things are going to happen. You're going to see things. So you got to be prepared for it. And if you can't handle it, I don't know what to tell you because you might be the only one out there. And you might have to like we did. You know, until the proper authorities get there and they take over. You know, if you're the first on the scene, you may be the difference between somebody living and dying. And it's, you know, it's a sobering thought, but it's something you have to be aware of. Like I said, 25 years of driving, I've done it seven times. You know, it's uh, it's going to happen. You know, 25 years of driving, I've seen people drive the wrong way in the interstate five times. You know, wrong way drivers on the interstate five times. And it's always like two, three in the morning when the bars let out. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. You just have to be prepared for it. Uh, each one of those, I never saw an accident with each one of those, but I called 911 to let them know somebody was going the wrong way in the interstate. And they're always hammering down. Oh, I never ceases to amaze me. So, 
anyway, that's all I got for today. Uh, I'll do the news tomorrow, and maybe I'll do something better. But I'm still a little wired about this thing. I'm really pumped up about it. Um, I was watching a video yesterday, and uh, you know, it's a little different in my head. You know, I thought I was closer than what I was when I first started breaking, but you know, that's fine. It's just amazing what we think we saw and what actually happened on the videos. You know, it's pretty amazing. You know, it's it's not much different, just a little bit different. Like I thought when they hit, they went up a little bit more than what they did, and it didn't go up as much as I thought. But that's okay. That's why I wanted to see the video so I can learn from it. Yeah, and like I said, my safety guy, he's an easy one to learn from, you know, because he's a driver, so he knows exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking to him, and we get an understanding. And I just thought it was amazing, you know. So what did I get from this? I got the satisfaction of knowing that, you know, I helped somebody out, which is important. Uh, I get a lot of stress from, from doing it, though. But that's nothing in comparison with the driver, you know, went through. In fact, little Billy said that when they, uh, the driver couldn't see it all because the truck wasn't, you know, around his head. He said when they cleared the debris around his head and he could finally see, he looked down and his eyes got wide open because he didn't know. You know, he was talking to Billy, so he didn't know that everybody else was there. He just thought it was Billy out there. And he looks around and there's like, you know, like 15, 20 firemen, you know, three cops, you know, all this other stuff. And he's like, whoa, what the hell? You know, and he kept apologizing. Nothing to apologize for. Stuff happens. You know, you're a driver. Just, you know, it's, it is what it is. I'm not sure what it is, but. So that's what's going on right now. And that's what happened. And I know I'm just rambling at this point, but I'm still trying to process the whole thing. So anyway, I'm going to say good, you know, goodbye. This is, or good morning, because this is Wednesday morning on the 25th, whether you're here on the 25th or not. And we'll see what happens. I'll do the nose, uh, nose, I'll do the nose. I'll do the news tomorrow, and then we'll go from there. But that was my wake-up call for the week. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, you know, after seeing this, I think I've been a little slack in some of my own safety procedures. You know, the way it's like looking into mirrors as much as I do and things like that. And I think I'm going to tighten that up a little bit more. And I'm not saying I'm bad. I just don't think I'm as good as I should be. You know, this is, you know, giving me a wake-up call. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, but like I said, there's no best way to do things. There's only better ways to do things. You can always do something better. Always. So, anyway, that being said, uh, stay safe out there, drivers. You know, we got to get that freight delivered. I don't know what's going on with this virus. I know some of us are going to start getting sick soon. Drivers are going to start getting sick. And that's when that's going to slow things down. But we got to try to minimize. We're pretty isolated from a lot of people, so just stay away from people. Uh, let's get that freight delivered. It's the most patriotic thing we can do right now. What else can we do? As for anybody that's, that's listening that's not a driver, that's a, in the general public, don't worry. You can go back to flipping me off next month. But this month, get out of my way. I got freight to deliver. And I don't know what's always back there. And, you know, because I do LTO work and I'm always looking at the bills. You know, it could be medical. could be 
industrial, could be health, whatever related. Whatever it is, I'm going to get it there as fast as possible. I'm treating every load right now as if it's vitally important. Because quite honestly, it's probably important to somebody. And I hope that every, you know, most drivers are doing that. A lot of drivers are looking at this week as being very, or this event is, is being very patriotic, but doing the job that they're doing. And I, I think I feel that way too. And a lot of your drivers are veterans, so, you know, they feel very strongly about the country and they want to do what's right. So, that being said, I'm out of here. And stay at home. And I hope you have a less exciting week than I did. All right, Kingfish out. This tension is rising so thick we just might choke. But if we keep moving, it ain't us that's gonna wind up Crazy is all we've known It's probably that they just ain't ready That's why they're going up in smoke We're giving this all we've got We're taking our only shine
taking our only shot.